0: So let's go ahead and
1: pray now.
0: Okay, this is a, I can't, I can't.
1: I, Don't say the word can. There's the can in the Bible, bit. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. We're having our Bible study right now, May 29th, and we're excited about life. Things are all the way live. There's a fork in the road, and we take God's Way God's road. The Lord is in charge. The Lord is here. He saved promise. He always be around with us. Whose report are we gonna believe? We're gonna believe in the report of the Lord. His report says we are filled. His report says we are healed. His report says victory. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you, you said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We ask you to give us today, Lord, your presence. Guide us today, we ask you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for the seminary, this Bible study, this university. Lord, that you are our rabbi, you are our teacher. And you give us all things to life and godliness, Lord. So we ask you, Lord, for your friendship, we ask you for your guidance and teach us your word as I read 2 Samuel 14, chapter verse 1. Amen. Amen. Joab, Job realized how much the king longed to see Absalom. So he sent for a woman from Tekoah who had a reputation for great wisdom. He said to her, Pretend you're in mourning. Wear mourning clothes and don't put on lotions. Act like a woman who has been mourning for the dead for a long time. Then go to the king and tell him the story I'm about to tell you. Then Joab told her the story. When the woman... They go to the king and tell him the story I am about to tell you. Then Joab told her what to say. When the woman from Tekoa approached the king, she bowed with her face to the ground in deep respect and cried out, O king, help me. What's the trouble? the king asked. "Alas, I am a widow, she replied. My husband is dead. My two sons had a fight out in the field, and since no one was there to stop them, one of them was killed now the rest of the family is demanding let us have your son we will execute him for murdering his brother he doesn't deserve to inherit his family's property they want to extinguish the only coal I have left and my husband's name and family will disappear from the face of the earth leave it to me the king told her go home and I'll see to it that no one touches him Oh, thank you, my lord, king, the woman from Tekoa replied. If you are criticized for helping me, let the blame fall on me and on my father's house, and let the king and his throne be innocent. If anyone objects, the king said, bring him to me, I can assure you he will never complain again. Then she said, Please swear to me by the Lord your God that you won't let anyone take vengeance against my son. I want no more bloodshed. As surely as the Lord lives, he replied, not a hair on your son's head will be disturbed. Please allow me to ask you one more thing of my Lord the king, she said. Go ahead and speak, he responded. She replied, Why don't you do as much for the people of God as you have promised to do for me? You have convicted yourself in making this decision because you have refused to bring home your own banished son. All of us must die eventually. Our lives are like water spilled out on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. But God does not just sweep life away, instead, he devised his ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. I have come to plead with my lord the king because people have threatened me. I said to myself, perhaps the king will listen to me and rescue us from those who will cut us off from the inheritance God has given us. Yes, my lord, the king will give us peace of mind again. I know that you are like an angel of God in discerning good from evil. May the Lord your God be with you. I must know one more thing, the king replied, and tell me the truth. Yes, my lord, the king she responded. Did Joab put you up to this? And the woman replied, My lord, the king, how can I deny it? Nobody can hide anything from you. Yes, Joab sent me and told me what to say. He did it to place the matter before you in a different light. But you are as wise and an angel of God, and you understand everything that happens among us. So the king sent for Joab and told him, All right, go and bring back the young man Absalom. Joab bowed with his face to the ground in deep respect and said, At last I know that I have gained your approval, my lord the king, for you have granted me this request. Then Joab went to Geshur and brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. But the king, king gave this order, Absalom may go to his own house, but he may never come into my presence. So Absalom did not see the king. Now Absalom was praised as the most handsome man in all Israel. He was flawless from head to foot. He cut his hair only once a year, and then, then only because it was heavy, when he weighed it out, it came to five pounds. <laughs> he had three sons and one daughter. His daughter's name was Tamar, and she was very beautiful. Absalom lived in Jerusalem for two years, but he never got to see the king. Then Absalom sent for Joab to ask him to intercede for him, but Joab refused big to come. Big sale at hell, prize books. Big sale at Absalom, Absalom, Absalom! price books, off books, music, movies, even collectibles and it you. Absalom replied, "Because I want you to ask the king why he brought me back from Gershur if he didn't intend to see me. I might as well have stayed there. Let me see the king. If he finds me guilty of anything, then let him kill me." So Joah told the king what Absalom had said. Then at last David summoned Absalom who came and bowed low before the king and the king kissed him. After this Absalom bought a chariot and horses and he hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him. He got up early he got up early every morning and went out to the gate of the city when people brought a case to the king for judgment Absalom would ask where in Israel they were from and they would tell him their tribe then Absalom would say you really got a strong case here it's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it I wish I were the judge then everyone could bring their cases to me for judgment and I will give them justice When people tried to bow before him, Absalom wouldn't let them. Instead, he took them by the hand and kissed them. Absalom did this with everyone who came to the king for judgment, and so he stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. After four years, Absalom said to the king, Let me go to Hebron to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and fulfill a vow I made to him. For while your servant was at Gershur in Aram, Aram, I promised to sacrifice to the Lord in Hebron if he would bring me back to Jerusalem. All right, the king told him, go and fulfill your vow. So Absalom went to Hebron, but while he was there, he sent secret messengers to all the tribes of Israel to stir up a rebellion against the king. As soon as you hear the ram's horn, his message read, you are to say Absalom has been crowned king in Hebron. He took 200 men from Jerusalem with him as guests, but they knew nothing of his intentions. While Absalom was offering the sacrifice, he sent for Ahitopel, one of David's counselors who lived in Gilal. Soon many others joined Absalom, and the conspiracy gained momentum. A messenger soon arrived in Jerusalem to tell David, All Israel has joined Absalom in a conspiracy against you. Then we must flee at once, or it will be too late, David urged his men. Hurry, if we get out of the city before Absalom arrives, both we and the city of Jerusalem will be spared from disaster. We are with you, his advisors replied. Do what you think is best. So the king and all his household set out at once. He left no one behind except ten of his concubines to look after the palace. The king and all his people set on foot, pausing at the last house, to let the king's men move past to lead the way. There were six hundred men from God who had come with David, along with the king's bodyguard. Then the king turned and said to Itai, a leader of the men from God, "'Why are you coming with us? Go on back to King Absalom, for you are a guest in Israel, a foreigner in exile.' You arrived only recently, and I, should I force you today to wander with us? I don't even know where we will go. Go on back and take your king's men with you, and may the Lord show you his unfailing love and faithfulness. But Itai said to the king, I vow by the Lord and by, my own, by your own life that I will go wherever my Lord the king goes, no matter what happens, whether it means life or death. Then David replied, all right, come with us. So Atai and all his men and their families went along. Boy, can you imagine the procession? Can you imagine uh, the reading of the lines that took Ephelon four years to steal the hearts? Mm -hmm. His actions of being kind to the people Mm -hmm. spread out among the people like wildfire. He did it for four years, Mm -hmm. you know, just. Because other people will come to visit Jerusalem, right? Right. And and at the same time, he was uh, he was working and working. So he he must have been doing a lot of uh, to have everybody uh, to forget all the good works David had done.
0: Right. That's interesting.
1: You know all the all the other nations, but you know, it's, but King David knew Nathan's prophecy, and he knew. It, his potential and right away that they, they already had a plan B right away. They were like uh, soldiers and they were able to get up and get going at a mm-hmm. min, yeah. minute's, minute's them all.
0: Everybody left except at a
1: minute's warning. Mhm. And remember the prophecy, prophecy was that your sons were gonna have open sex with some of your wives in front of the city. Yeah. Later on we're gonna see that Absalom takes the concubines to the top of the, the
0: thing, the top of the building or whatever.
1: Yeah, and uh the There's a couple of things I, if I had, um, I didn't mark, but they were very really interesting. Mm-hmm. What did you get?
0: Well, just in the very beginning, it, um in 14, but God does not just sweep life away. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. Mm. so even in this you know we're not even in New Testament covenant yet we are still in the Old Covenant here and it just says God is you know just I got this picture in my head that he's constantly thinking about ways he can he can lure his people back in you know because because he's merciful and crying
1: Amen that's very important
0: yeah um should I highlight it? Yeah. Uh, yeah I kind of put a check mark by it there's
1: a highlight over there yeah very good, very good. Amen. But God does not just sweep life away. Mm -hmm. Instead, He devises ways to bring us back. Mm -hmm. Over there. When uh, He brings us back when we have been separated from Him. So they were making that comparison that He needed to forgive Absalom. But you know, it's interesting because Absalom was not his only son. Oh, did mm-hmm. he kill all the other sons?
0: Yeah, it, he got he, I think there was all no, not all the other ones, just the one who, who raped Tamar.
1: The other brother. Yeah. But interesting, she says that the only son. I thought he had other sons that were not dead yet. You know, there's another one that wanted uh so that's interesting. Rikita. Yeah, I, I
0: thought it was interesting too that Absalom's daughter, he had a daughter named Tamar.
1: Very beautiful.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's interesting to see that um, I was wondering who uh, Absalom's mother was that he had right, rightfully inheritance to the throne. Mm-hmm. You know, he had other mothers, other concubines and yeah. so forth.
0: I think it mentioned it like in a couple of chapters ago. Um, wow, well, e- how quickly people... You know, just like you said, how he was able to wow the people, you know, away from the king.
1: <clears throat> That's why your actions, you know, they they, they, they they grow 300%. 1% work towards something good. Mm-hmm. And he was flattering the people mm-hmm. so he can use them.
0: Mm-hmm. And don't we read that in Proverbs that when you flatter somebody out of motive? Yeah. Today?
1: So the other day. I think it was today, this morning. Flattering so to move ahead, to get yeah, ahead. Yeah, to
0: get what you want. Yeah, why do you suppose that Joab put the lady up to do that, to go see the king? Why well, in the What was the...
1: Well, he saw that Absalom that, um, <coughs> uh, missed... Uh, See, right here in the beginning, joy realized how much the king longed to see yeah. Absalom. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: And Absalom had his whole family, you know, far away. Mm-hmm. He had his three sons and his one daughter. Mm-hmm. And I guess it doesn't mention his wife, but they had a mom uh, far away.
0: Oh, because she went, She said, "Let us have your son. We will execute him for murdering his brother. He doesn't deserve to inherit his family's property. They want to extinguish the only coal I have left, and my husband's name and family will disappear from the face of the earth."
1: Okay. All right. Let's go. Move on here. Um, John chapter 18 so I'm sure the, the uh, after Absalom bought a chariot and horses mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him mm-hmm. so he was already building some kind mm-hmm. of political mm-hmm. and maybe uh, years have passed and people you know, I don't know how many years this this passed since David had uh, maintained the throne. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Wow, amazing.
0: Um, okay, so John chapter 18, verse 1 through 24. Yeah. And it says, After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas, the betrayer, knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for, he asked. Jesus, the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Wow. Um, once more he asked them, who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus of Nazarene, I told you that I am he. Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of, the, of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back in its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their commanding officers, and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. First they took him to Annas. Anna's? Anna the father in law, Ananias the father in law of Cappius.
1: Caiaphas. Caiaphas.
0: The high priest at the time. Caiaphas was the one who had told the other Jewish leaders, it's better that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus as did another of the disciples. That other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard. With Jesus Peter had to stay outside the gate then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate and she let Peter in the woman asked Peter you're not one of the men uh, that man's disciples are you no I'm not he said because it was cold the household servants and the guards had made a charcoal fire they stood around it warming themselves and Peter stood with them warming himself Inside, the priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he had been teaching them. Jesus replied, Everyone knows what I teach. I have preached regularly in the synagogues and the temple where the people gather. I I have not spoken in secret. Why are you asking me this question? Ask those who heard me. They know what I said. Then one of the temple guards standing nearby slapped Jesus across the face. Is that the way to answer the high priest? He demanded. Jesus replied, If I said anything wrong, you must prove it. But if if I'm speaking the truth, why are you beating me? Then Annas found Jesus and sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest.
1: It's interesting. uh, This guy, uh, Annas, Mm -hmm. who was he? You know, he was trying to get... uh, Acting like Jesus was a revolutionary, they're going to conspire against Rome. He says in uh, 19, the high priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he had been teaching them. Mm -hmm. Jesus, everyone knows what I teach. I have preached regularly in the synagogue and the temple where the people gather. I have not spoken in secret. Why are you asking me this question? And. you know these guys—they—they—they they, they were union. They were mafia. You know they wanted to control everything.
0: Yeah, because it just says he's the father-in-law
1: Oh The well, father-in-law Capayas. Yeah. Well, man, father-in-law Capias. must have been very young then. Uh
0: huh. yeah and, and they keep he keeps saying, "I am he, I am he and they don't really you know it's three times, according to this account that he says, "I am he.
1: Well, it looks like they had two two high priests there. Mm-hmm. So that that Kappa married his daughter, and then he became high priest all the, it's mm-hmm. all union, huh Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, I am, that interesting I am is, is the I am, you know, I am Jehovah, I am the yeah. God of mm-hmm. all things. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That one just, I am he. I am him. It's the same I am with Moses, mm-hmm. I, am I am that am. I am.
0: Right, and before Abraham was, I am. I am. Yeah.
1: I am he, Beautiful. And I like
0: the way they all drew back and they fell to the ground when they when he first said that. It was like such authority, such, his anointing just overtook him.
1: I am the Lord. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, would you go ahead and read uh, anything else again in that?
0: Yeah, um, the other thing is I didn't see in this account, you know how where it says that Jesus fixed the man's ear? Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that in this account.
1: But actually this this is the most account where Jesus is uh defending himself. if I said anything wrong, yeah. you must prove it, yeah, but if I'm speaking the truth, why are you beating me?
0: yeah
1: you know he was like uh after this, yeah. he didn't say anything, you know he like, just he just- you know mm-hmm. that it was useless yeah. to uh um,
0: he why are you asking me this question? Ask those who heard me, you know he's just like kind of kind of uh defending himself.
1: It's right here, that Peter. It says over here that uh, to Peter on the margin, don't repay evil for yeah. for evil. For God's chosen people, Peter wrote later, don't retaliate with insults when people insult you, and say, pay them back with a blessing. That is what has God has called you to do, and He will bless you for. Yeah, first so- Peter. Yeah well you know what God has called us to do is to spend time on our knees to bless a person that doesn't deserve it you know they and they offended you for one mm. now you're praying you're you're praying for their association with their you know their with their father with their brothers and sisters mm-hmm. their their communication with their god mm-hmm. and you're praying for them to uh to ease off, and you're spending time. So it says right here, and God will bless you for it. Amen. He will bless us for it. Amen. Not wonderful. Yeah. So, okay, so. I mean, we're you know we're humans. We're looking for rewards. We're working yeah. for a system that puts beans on the table.
0: Amen. <laughs> okay, I'll read Psalm one nineteen ninety seven to one twelve. It says, "Oh how I love your the Lord's instructions." I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your laws. I am even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commandments. I have refused to walk on any evil path, so that I may remain obedient to your word. I haven't turned away from your regulations for you have taught me well. How sweet your words taste to me. They're sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I promised it once and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again as you promised. Lord, accept my offering of praise and teach me your regulations. My life constantly hangs in the balance, but I will not stop obeying your instructions. The wicked have set their traps for me, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your laws are my treasure. They're my heart's delight. I'm determined to keep your decrees to the very end. And Proverbs 16, 8 to 9 says, Better to have little with godliness than to be rich and dishonest. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Amen.
1: Thank you, Heavenly Father God, for determining our steps, guiding us in your word. Amen. And yes, Lord, your word is a lamp to guide our feet and a light to our path. We thank you, Father, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
0: Okay, got my reading
1: done. Happy about that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading. Today, May 28th, Lord, may your anointing and your, your presence spring up before us, Lord God. Spring up, O oh well, within our souls. Lord. Spring up, O oh well, and make us whole. Spring up, O oh well, and give to us that life eternally. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us ears to hear what your word says. Amen. Amen. 2
0: Samuel 13, to 39. Okay. Now, David's son, Absalom, had a beautiful sister named Tamar. And Amnon, her half-brother, fell desperately in love with her. Amnon became so obsessed with Tamar that he became ill she was a virgin and Amnon thought he could never he could never have her but Amnon had a very crafty friend his cousin jo- Jonadab he was the son of David's brother Shemeiah one day Jonadab said to Amnon what's what's the trouble why should the son of a king look so dejected morning after morning so Amnon told him, "I'm in love with Tamar, my brother's, my brother Absalom's sister. Well, Jonadab said, "I'll tell you what to do. Go back to bed and pretend you're ill. When your father comes to see you, ask him to let Tamar come and prepare some food for you. Tell him you'll feel better if she prepares it as you watch and f- as, she wa- as you watch and feeds you with her own hands." So Amon lay down and pretended to be sick. And when the king came to see him, Amon asked him, Please let my sister Tamar come and cook my favorite dish as I watch and then I can eat it from her own hands. So David agreed and sent Tamar to Amon's house to prepare some food for him. When Tamar arrived at Amnon's house, she went to the uh, place where, where he was lying down so he could watch her mix some dough. Then she baked his favorite dish for him, but when she set the serving tray before him, he refused to eat. Everyone, get out of here, Amon told his servants, so they all left. Then he said to Tamar, now bring the food into my bedroom and feed it to me here. So Tamar took his favorite dish to him, but as she was feeding him, he grabbed her and demanded, come to bed with me, my darling sister. No, my no, my brother, she cried, don't be foolish. Don't do this to me. Such wicked things aren't done in Israel. Where could I go in my shame? And you would be called one of those greatest fools in Israel. Please just speak to the king about it, and he will let you marry me. But Amon wouldn't listen to her, and since he was stronger than she is, he raped her. Then suddenly Amon's love turned to hate, and he hated her even more than he had loved her. Get out of here, he snarled at her. No, no, Tamar cried. Sending me away now is worse than what you already done to me. But Amon wouldn't listen to her. He shouted for his servant and demanded, Throw this woman out and lock the door behind her. So the servant put her out and locked the door behind her. She was wearing a long, beautiful robe, as, as was the custom in those days for the king's virgin daughters. But now Tamar tore her robe and put ashes on her head. And then, with her face in her hands, she went away crying. Her brother Absalom saw her and asked her, Is it true that Amnon has been with you? Well, my sister, sister, keep quiet for now since he's your brother. Don't you worry about it. So Tamar lived as a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. When King David heard what happened, he was very angry. And though Absalom never spoke to Ammonon about this, he hated Ammonon deeply because of what he had done to his sister. Two years later, when Absalom's sheep were being sheared at Baal's Hazar near Ephraim, Absalom invited all the king's sons to come to a feast. He went to the king and said, My sheep shears are now at work. Would the king and his servants please come to celebrate the occasion with me the king replied no my son if we all came we would be too much of a burden on you absalom pressed him but the king would not come though he gave absalom his blessing well then absalom said if you can't come how about sending my brother amnon with us why amnon the king asked but absalom kept on pressing the king until he finally agreed to let all the sons attend, all his sons attend, inclu- including Amnon. So Absalom prepared a feast fit for a king. Absalom told his men, Wait until Amnon gets drunk, then at my signal, kill him. Don't be afraid, I'm the one who has given the command. Take courage and do it. So at Absalom's signal, they murdered Amnon. <laughs> Then the other sons of the king jumped on the mules and fled. As they were on the way back to Jerusalem, this report reached David. Absalom has killed all the king's sons. Not one is left alive. The king got up and tore his robe and threw himself on the ground. His advisors also tore their clothes in horror and sorrow. But just then, Jonadab, the son of David's brother Shimei, arrived and said, No, don't believe that all the king's sons have been killed. It was only Amnon. Absalom has been plotting this ever since Amnon raped his sister Tamar. No, my lord, the king, your sons aren't all dead. It was only Amnon. Meanwhile, Absalom escaped. Then the watchman on the Jerusalem wall saw a great crowd coming down the hill on the road from the west. He ran to tell. He ran to tell the king. I see a crowd of people coming from Horonim, a road along the side of the hill. Look, Jonadab told the king. There, 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 there they are now. The king's son are coming, just as I said. They soon arrived, weeping and sobbing, and the king and all his servants wept bitterly with them. And David mourned many days for his son Amnon. Absalom fled to the to his grandfather. Talmai Tom, son of Amihud, the king of Geshur he stayed there in Geshur for three years and King David now reconciled to Amnon's death longed to be reunited with his son
1: Absalom Amen you done? Mm-hmm. Um, they say that uh, David did not discipline them much, so they grew up wanting what they want but this um, was that the prophecy that Nathan gave him that the yeah, sword would not leave your house. Right.
0: Yeah. Very good.
1: Um, and then Absalom. Amen. Okay. Do you want to move on to the other? One?
0: Yeah. I think that's pretty
1: self explanatory. Okay, I'll read it. John seventeen, one through twenty-six. Interesting. I just got done reading it. <laughs> After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He has given eternal life to each one of you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it, and they know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name, so that they will be united just as we are. During my times here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scriptures foretold. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them, and this world, so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world. But to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. I make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word which is truth. Just as you send me into the world. I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them. So they can be made holy. By your truth. I am not praying. Not only for these disciples. But also for all who will ever believe in me. Through this message. I pray they will all be one. Just as you and I are one. As you are in me father. And I am in you. And may they be in us. So that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me. So they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you love me even before the world began. O oh, righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Amen. Amen. It's interesting where it says right here in uh, John 17, two, I For you have given him authority for everyone. It is. Over everyone, he gives eternal—you know—authority over everyone, and that authority he um, he showed by by the tremendous healings that he did. The glory, the power, your son can give glory back to you, and this is the way to have eternal life—to know you, okay. The only true God and Jesus Christ. In other words, before the hundreds and hundreds of years of the Old Testament, people were able to know Him by knowing the Father, by knowing God, the only true God. And their salvation was secure. Okay, and then when Jesus came, Jesus and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth, I brought glory to you here on earth. And now bring me into the glory which you have shared from the beginning, Lord. I have revealed to the ones you gave me from this world. And they believe you sent me. Can you see where Jesus prays for us?
0: I said, I'm, I'm praying not. Yeah, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who who will ever believe in me
1: through through their message. Amen. And then 19 is... uh,
0: I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, and you are in me, Father, and I'm in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. So that ties back to where it says, For you have given him authority... Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you, for you've given him authority over everyone. So now over here, it says, I pray that we'll all, we'll all be one, just as I'm in you, you're in me, and they're in us. So it's there's the authority, because we're in the Father, and the Father's in us, and Jesus is in us. We also have that authority.
1: Amen. Um, you know, I've seen that happen, that... That oneness, when I was in, in Vietnam and we had to go to the upper room to hide and have church, in, uh, we went in a tobacco field, no, in a, in a coffee fields, and they had a little farm up there, and we went up there, and we met with pastors, and they sang songs. Mm-hmm. We didn't understand a word they were saying, but we were the same spirit, their love, for our love for them and their songs were the, the, the hymns that I recognized and I and we hummed them with them and they sang it with all their heart in Vietnamese that was awesome that we were one we were one through the authority like you said through the authority that Jesus brought us uh-huh.
0: if I'm in the Father and the Father me then I and have the same authority that the Son of God has because um, we're one.
1: Amen. And right here on uh, 19 it says, "And I give myself, in other words, He, as a holy sacrifice on the cross, mm, yeah. for them, so they can be made holy by Your truth. And He was the truth, and they were, we, we were made holy right there and then. Mm, amen. You know that authority, He." Yeah, the other version says, voice. "I sanctify myself so they can be sanctified," yeah. so we're sanctified. We have, we have the, uh, the witness in ourselves that that, that God has raised us up and set us straight, and and the love of the Father would not let us go. We're here. We're, we're in it to win it, and we're winning it. Amen. I
0: like where it says. Um make them uh, this is number 17 make them holy by your truth teach them your word which is truth okay amen by your truth
1: by your truth
0: by your word
1: It says right here, number 26, I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. Amen.
0: Wow, it says, I will. that's a powerful statement. I will continue to do so. Wow, Lord, that's good right there.
1: So he's continuing to do so now that Jesus is still revealing the Father through us. As Jesus is doing the work and glorifying the Father that God is with us. And that your love for me will be in them. And so that's been fulfilled. Amen. Now we celebrate. Amen. We got peace like a river. Okay, praying the Psalms. We commit ourselves to... Hold out a little longer, waiting for God's rescue. Remind ourselves of the certainty of God's faithfulness. Psalms 119, 81, 96. I am worn out waiting for your life, for you. I am worn out waiting for your, the Lord's rescue. But I have put my hope in your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? I am shriveled like a skin in the smoke, but I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. How long must I wait? When will you punish those who persecute me? Those arrogant people who hate your instructions have dug deep pits to trap me. All your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without a cost. They almost finished me off, but I refuse to abandon your commandments. In your unfailing love, spare my life that I can continue to obey your laws. Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation. As enduring as the earth you created, your regulations remain true to this day. For everything serves your plans. If your instructions had sustained me with joy, I would have died in midst my misery. I will never forget your commandments, for by them you give me life. I am yours; rescue me, for I have worked hard to, at obeying your commandments. Though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quickly quiet, keep, quietly keep my mind on your laws. Even perfection has its limits. But your commands have no limits. Proverbs 16:6-7. 6 Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. When people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Proverbs 16:6-7. 6 Unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. By fearing the Lord, people avoid evil. When people's lives please the Lord, even the enemies are at peace with them. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Blessed be your word. Welcome to today's reading of January 1st, our 365 Daily Meditation Bible. Thanks to the New Living Testament. Please get your copy. Let's pray. Lord, help us to open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to hear your word, your spirit. Thank you for the opportunity to see you in the word. We ask you to make it come alive, Lord God. Make a difference in our time, in our lives, that we may make a difference in other people's lives. Bless the hearers, Lord, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord God, for their finances, for their health, and their stature, Lord God the influence in the community, Father God. Bless them as they hear the word of God and bless us too in Jesus name. Amen. All right, January 1st. We'll uh what would you like for me to do? Anna is with me, the my wife. The rib the ribeye. <laughs> prime rib. <laughs> All right, January 1st, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering, hoovering over the surface of the water. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then He separated the light from the darkness. God called the the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. God called us the space sky. And evening passed and morning came marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the waters seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation. Every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kind of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees at the same kind, and God saw that it was good. An evening passed, and morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, Let lights appear in the sky to separate from the day, the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth, and that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day, the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water, and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And evening... and Pass and morning came, marking the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offsprings of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals, and that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to produce offsprings of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make human beings on our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock of all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created humans in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, Fill the earth and govern it. reign over the fish in the sea of the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life, and that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. An evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all His work of creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden of Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden he placed a tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing it into four branches. The first branch, he called Pison, flowed around the entire land of Habila, where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptional, pure. Aromatics, resin and onyx stones are also found there. The second branch, called the Gihon, Float around the entire land of Cush. The third branch, called the Tigris, float east of the land of Ashur. The fourth branch is called the Euphrates. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, but the Lord God warned him. You may eat freely the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he could call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This is one bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Let us go ahead and comment on what we just read. Um, I like the real quick like is two things. Shame uh, was now because we knew we were shame, shame plagued the human race because they did eat of the tree, of the tree of, of good and evil, of knowledge. And instead of being innocent, where is that, babe? What are you
0: talking about?
1: The uh, don't eat from the tree.
0: Oh, it's, um. let me get it for you. Let's see, he told him not to eat from the tree. It's over here in number... Verse uh, 15, said the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to 10, a couple of paragraphs up.
1: Except the tree, thank you, you of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat his fruit, you are sure to die. Right. So we have two trees. And today, real fast, uh, if you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat his fruit, you are sure to die. Now, you understand that it doesn't say wisdom. Um, You just, knowledge is information to be placed over into action. And then, and knowing how to place it over to action is wisdom. Some people can be very uh, wise and producing evil uh, inventions. How to get high, how to pornographic, how to destroy man. And sadly is a lot of them are, are are from Jewish descent too. They get rich on it by using uh, the, the the knowledge of evil and producing bad bad products for for humanity. And on the other hand, there's a lot of good Jewish people that use knowledge of good and produce good things for us. To live happily, you know you don't even have to be Jewish. That's my experience. I don't know. Uh, I like the the tree that said the other tree was the tree of truth, which life, yeah. tree of life. Which uh, to me, it's just that you'll live forever. So they had a they had to protect that tree. So of course, there's a lot of things that I don't understand. It it, it reads more like facts right here than a story. It's reporting more like facts. But I do, as a sinner, experience going from, from shame to no shame, from uh, the knowledge of evil to, to, to the wisdom of truth, the joy of truth, leaving the trees and these situations and going into an innocent state, which is uh, comfortable through Jesus Christ, through being born again and being at peace amen that's all i have for right now
0: yeah i mean it, when i see tree of life uh, i see it as there's two options that we've been getting that adam and eve were given there's two trees here and the tree of life was placed right i don't know if both of them um let's see yeah so the tree of life um was is placed there so there's the life and the knowledge of good and evil so i see it as that's jesus's tree in the old testament that that's where to, we're to eat from his you know it's it's truth right so we're to go with what the truth is when we you know kind of navigate our way here on the earth um, there's two options we can pick from life or evil and and just and like you said information can come from all kinds of realms so what what do I feed on I'm gonna to choose to this is me Anna personally things that are gonna fill me up with good things life um, that pertain to Jesus um, and I'm just going to use a scripture. It says, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's already given us what we need. We just choose from the correct avenue to to partake, right? So we can be prosperous here on the earth because we can. You know, I, I can choose to say, well, I'm going to go and take a risk and I'm going to shoplift. I'm just using that. I, I'm not a shoplifter, but... Um, I can choose. I have a choice. I can I can go to the truth and say that well Jesus is going to supply all my needs according to His riches and His glory, or I can try to do it on my own strength, um, and then I can be have consequences for me and turn into evil, you know. Because one thing leads to another. I could start with that, then I'm taking a car, then I'm taking, uh, you know, it just snowballs from there when you begin to walk in the wrong path. So that, that's a, I mean, I, I hadn't looked at it that way, but, you know, the tree of life, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. So that is a very, you know, when we speak life here on the, in the book that we've just read, um, I think that's real powerful because, you know, Jesus is our tree of life. He is the way, the truth and the life. And, and that's, I could choose, I've given you know God has warned him don't go here eat only from here so I guess Adam doesn't quite know that yet right that I mean Eve comes later I mean Eve came already but it's like then it becomes a temptation in in the in the in the I was gonna say the park but it's garden (laughs) so uh anyway I just that's my take on the
1: two choices Amen. That's uh we went right to the nitty gritty and Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> right away because uh that's so important to to and I'm blessed you you we're, there's two of us here. And sometimes I'm not firing an all twelve cylinders and and Anna is and that's very good, babe. Um, the other thing that I wanted to put down is when I was a child, the the word God rhymed with good. And as this, mm. you know, people talking about God, well, God is good. Yeah. He's good. Anything that's good, he made yes. good, good resources, good attitude, good respect yes. to others. Yes. Good love. So the, all that came from the being in the image of God. So God created human beings in his own goodness yes amen goodness of god he created them male and female he created them then god blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply fill the earth uh i think that's one of the most beautiful things we can do is do garden work you know and have our gardens uh tighten up and spend time with god and his creation you know we're made in his image and and taking care of his uh their satisfaction and doing a job well done and grounding getting the electrical magnetic system out of our, our hearts and minds and the left side of our brain by being grounded in the earth you know being one with the soil i love where the, where the word of god says he was a man of the soil one of the kings of the world amen
0: yeah uh you know, here in Genesis, um, it, it every step of the way that he created something at the end, it finishes with, and God saw that it was good. I mean, I think that's what you brought up is a real good point that, you know, taking that word, you know, he, he made it. And he called it good. Now, you know, when he made man in his image, we're good, right? He called us good. So we now have, you know, in the New Testament, that Jesus came and he's forgiven us of our wrongdoings. And when we receive Jesus and believe in who he is and what he's done and his work at the cross and we freely receive the work that he did and not try to accomplish that on our own strength, then, you know, we have to run with that. We run with that because God said we're good and we've received Jesus. I'm good. You know, I don't have to have poor self-esteem or compete with somebody else. We are made in the image of God. But remember, we're made uniquely. All of us are different. We can't be comparing ourselves to that person or this person or that celebrity or that sports athlete or that whoever is your, you know, you tend to, to like to to watch. So anyway, I, I thought at every step of the way, he called things good, you know, and so can we, you know.
1: Amen, amen. You know, one of the, uh, I like what you said, comparison. I got a text, there was a, a plush lady or a kosher lady talking about the badness of her house. So the mom had a kidney transplant and you know couldn't stop drinking. Then they say she was anyway. Uh, you know how that spins the family. So she went to Al Anon first and then and then but to AA and now she's got she's got a lot of years sober. But the point I'm making is one of the ladies that was a school teacher. Would listen, and she texts me. And she compare herself to her, you know. And I'm thinking, I mean, and then I text her, and I text her back positive. I said, well, thank God that we all compare her drinking with our drinking, period. You know, that's how we, uh, you know, we look for the similarities, not the differences. And right away, you know, we, but the thing that, as you were talking, the thing that the Holy Spirit I said the only difference between those two people, they're both educators, they're both teachers, they're both about the same age, um, same color, is one of them considered words a little longer and stayed in a word. You know, uh, All the difference is, is that a person assimilated words more easily than the other one mm-hmm. instead of flying through them. You assimilate words... And words are carriers. God's words are seeds. And and if a person runs through this, God created human beings in his image, like you mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. and he said that we were good, and they stay there, and they mm-hmm. feel it. I feel it. Mm-hmm. I sense it. And now I put it in my register, in my mind, in the Word of God. I can quote that back over again. Because uh, judgment, alcohol, and all these other things... Don't don't only you attack others, but they attack yes. you. Yes. You lose when you point the finger. You know the, the you see it over and over again. The ministries they said, well, so and so started complaining about them, and then they lost their footing, mm-hmm. and was, then the devil came and destroyed mm-hmm. their lives because they they made an opening through accusation. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. So we have to protect ourselves with that bubble of love. And how yes. do we get that bubble of love? By staying in the word. By, by, Like right now, I have another appointment at 8 o'clock. I'm worried for another guy that's supposed to come and make hot coffee for the meeting. But I'm saying, I said, forget all that. And I got people wanting to buy products. This is the most important thing I can do with my time. Is finish this with enough time that God has given me to give respect to his word for my benefit, for my good.
0: Yeah, I just want to add to that a little bit. Um sometimes and it's it's easy, we've all done it. I've done it um many times and I need to I catch myself and I correct myself and and I'm learning every day that you know there's two trees. You got the two trees, life, and then you have the knowledge of good and evil. Now, we don't know what somebody's gone through, right? So for their situation, it's easy for us to say, well, oh, they don't do this, they don't do that. True, okay, whatever. But we have got to be careful with our lips because we are we could very well be speaking the wrong thing into that person's life. You know, we want to always err on the side of speaking life into a person. You know, this is something I've, over the years, I was not good at that. You know, you go to the workplace and people start gossiping and all this kind of stuff. You know, now when somebody says something negative, I try to turn it to a positive. Well, you know, call those things out. You know, you got to speak life over the the situation, You whether it's your problem or a person. You speak life. What is it you would like to see come forth? Um, You know, and that's what you will manifest. You'll manifest good around you. Like Fernando, you said you know, the minute that person started saying this and this, then it opened up a door for that person, you know, because the Bible does say judge not and you won't be judged. Right. right. So I'm just beautiful. I'm just saying that, you know, you know, we may see somebody, they look different than us, you know, they don't speak like us. Okay. We, we must look at the good because remember God so loved the world that he came and brought his son here that he would give life to this world and that's our that's our job you know it's you know i'm amazed sometimes when i just tell somebody wow you're precious they like why? you know they like they don't they don't know that about themselves you know or here's how i see you i see you as compassionate and loving da-da, and they they open up so people respond to how god made them really in their spirit but it's so easy. with the things going on in the world right now is that there is a lot of judgment and and negative talk amongst each other, and there's Christians doing that on a daily basis. Yeah, I've I see. Been guilty I, of that, I see that yeah. on Twitter all the time, and I'm like, Ugh, I'm not getting involved here. I just you get you know, on skin your pity there.
1: party yeah. or, or tantrum like a child, start throwing mud pies, you know. And, so uh,
0: it's a good thing to you know if you don't have anything to say don't say it i mean it's it's a hard lesson god wants us to speak life over a situation you know uh, you know when a person is is not not healthy speak life over them don't don't agree with what man has said sometimes you know they'll say oh well you have two weeks to live okay well that's not what my bible says my bible says by the stripes of Jesus you're healed you're well you're whole we got to start speaking those things out and I want to make one more point before I stop here is that when we look at God and what he did in the beginning he is speaking he's saying let light be you know um he's he's speaking exactly what he's putting into an existence so we use our mouth also to to speak good and speak life and to, you know, uh, decree things uh, according to the word. Don't go outside the word, uh, go according, what those word of God uh, God's will say about this problem if I'm going through a health struggle. Well, God's word says that Jesus took every stripe upon his back for me and I'm going to take that promise and I'm going to begin to, plant it and and sow a seed in that direction because the word of God has power and it always comes back and manifests what we speak, you know, it doesn't come back empty, the word says, so, you know, think about that for a little bit and, um, you know, uh, speaking God's word is the most powerful thing that we can do on this earth as we, you know, go through all these crazy things that we see happening, um, you know.
1: Amen. Amen, thank you Um. One of the things I run across Is when I, I'm working with people In the 12-step program I see right away the problem is that, that they don't understand They don't know how How to appropriate God's love Or to receive it mm. They don't feel worthy of it And they suicide, destroy themselves With alcohol and so forth Or the young girls don't care about their bodies They tattoo them Or they have every guy assault them Or whatever <laughs> Um. And then I see the people on television selling products, you know, and their images are, they're, they're sharp, they're creative, they exhibit enthusiasm, they exhibit uh, creativity and, and sharpness and speech and determination and all that enthusiasm. And those are all God-given qualities but taking out of the realm. of Maybe, maybe they give God the credit. But human beings, we are made with, with character that exhibits love patience mm-hmm. forgiveness mm-hmm. kindness and mm-hmm. faithfulness amen mm. faithfulness those are all god-given qualities this is it i'm just quoting from the the bible record the new living 365 bible <coughs> excuse me i've been out walking god bases our worth that we are his his creation and and made in his image. So we are made good. So our response is good. So, so I just wanted to bless everyone and say, you are good. You are made good. If you're listening to this, all up to this, you have, you're searching. You're searching like we were searching. And or, or in the name of Jesus, I just called it, let there be goodness in your life. Be prosperity. Be health, be joy. A cheerful heart works like medicine. Amen. And that goodness is, is, is we're made good. You wake up in the morning, you feel good. I tend to take care of ourselves more. When I was a child, I, I would quit jobs that would hurt my body. Right away, it was just simple. I'm not going to, you know, and I started to drink. I lost that. I used to take care of myself, take care of my teeth, you know, and, and I said I, I love myself, so I'm be taking care of myself. I wouldn't take dangerous uh, situations, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like that's a good point. Caring mm-hmm. for yourself, and I wish I I would did not lose that, but I must have judged somebody, must have got into a thing, but I, you know, it went away, and then I started s- smashing walls with my fist or trying to break a window, with the car window, with a drunk. And not loving uh, this fragile body. And now I'm at sixty. I'm I'm walking. I'm trying. I'm feeling good, and and trying to re. Anyway, you know what I mean. Fix what we have left. Apollo thirteen. What do we got left there, Fernando? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead, Kim Greeny. We're we're going <clears throat> long, and thank you, people, for hanging in with us. We enjoy this teachings. Go ahead, babe. Matthew 1, would you like oh,
0: to... Oh, okay. uh, I thought you were going to stop because... Okay. We can All stop right. there if you <clears> like.
1: All right, well, i finish it.
0: Okay, uh, you bet. Um, Matthew 1, 1 to two twelve. This is the record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David, and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac... Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amminadab. Amminadab was the father of Nishan. Nishan was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manesh. Manesh was the father of Amon. Amon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of. Je, Jehochin and his brothers born at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the Babylon exile, Jehoshikin Jeho was the father of Shil-etil. was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abidu or Abiud. Abiud was the father of Elakim. And Elakim <laughs> was the father of Azor. And Asor was the father of Zadak. Yeah. Okay, I keep going. <clears throat> okay, Z- Zadok was the father of Achim. Achim was the father of Eliud. Eliud was the father of Elizar. Elizar was the father of Nathan. Nathan was the father of Jacob. And Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary gave birth to to Jesus who is called the Messiah. All those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to Babylon exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exit to the Messiah. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place while she was still a virgin, She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you're to name him him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child so she, she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king? Of the Jews, we saw his star, as as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this. As everyone in Jerusalem, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, "Where is the Messiah supposed to be born?" In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, "For this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem in the land of Judah." are are not least among the ruling cities of Judah for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel Then Herod called for a private meeting for the wise men with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star had they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod okay um, one of the things that I learned um, through, the, through just reading the word is that this is the only place where the genealogy of Jesus comes forth and that's in the Gospel of Matthew it doesn't appear in John, Mark or Luke but as you can see, as we're getting through the whole genealogy of the generations, um, Jesus. This this is to show that Jesus is a king. He comes from royalty, the seat that he came from. Amen. So that's a good point right there, and um, you know I I love how, you know Mary, the Mary and Joseph situation was like wow that what an embarrassment in those times if somebody had gotten pregnant, you know how the feeling they would feel and what joseph decided on his you know he says here um he's it, he he it says here he was didn't want her to be embarrassed or disgraced publicly so he decided to end the engagement and and be quiet about it but you know i think this is like the first mention of a dream here and i love it because i li lo- i love dreams And, but this is where we can understand that God will speak to us in dreams. And in this case, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and they told him, don't be afraid, take her as your wife for the child was conceived with the Holy Spirit and will have a son and you're to name him Jesus. So it's a very direct, clear line of communication that, that he was given and it clearly says right here up front, and she will have a son. Your name, name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. It's already been prophesied. It's already been ordained from the foundations of the world. You know, um, Jesus is coming to save his people, and so he he basically um, obeyed that dream. He listened to it and believed it, and you know then he was able to change the course of his direction you know he married her and so forth so that's a good point that that you know first of all it was conceived by the holy spirit that you know i mean it that's pretty far out there i'm sure you know people <laughs> other people may not have received it but joseph obeyed and that this is this is what happens
1: um amen <clears throat> you know it's so interesting that god um uses uh, regular people to get his message across. Mm, mm. And it's like you and I, too, you know. I'm a truck driver, real estate agent, and you're in customer service and so forth. Yes. And now we're putting out the Word of God for, um, and having the time. And God is providing the resources to pay the, the housing and everything and getting our food. So we're actually being employed by God to do this. And, and we're having a great time. And God has invited us to be a part of His work where now we don't come from kings and priests and so forth, but we are working around the king, the true king the that brought salvation to the to the nation to the earth and I love where it says right here, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd. For my people Israel, now this is the Father talking, and He is speaking through a prophet, and He is prophesying that something's going to come to pass. And and all the prophets—I don't know how old that prophecy was—but they keep speaking it, they keep saying it, mm-hmm. and they keep saying the Word of God. And the Word of God says, "My words will come true. Uh, my prophecies—no one can change it. I, the Lord, have said it. Will not it be accomplished?" So, you know, it's really, so I, I love the Word of God. That's all I have to say.
0: Yeah, um, uh, and I do want to point out <clears throat> the dream. There was another dream at the end there. In the first dream, he's given, you know, the insight as to what's happening and what to do and to marry uh, Mary uh, or to stay with Mary, don't leave her. He's given that. It's It's not... He's just telling them up front, hey, he's going to be named Jesus. He's going to save many people. Okay. He's got insight. God is speaking directly. Holy Spirit. Now, over here in the closing of this particular um passage, it says, when the time to leave Because they were, then there's a part about the star and everything. That's pretty fascinating itself and takes another thing. But it says at the end here, it says, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. Okay. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod, because Herod was not going to, wasn't going to go well. Uh, We'll get into that later. But my point being is that pay attention to your dreams, because God speaks through them. And just remember, they could be a warning Giving you, first of all, just guiding you the direction, the path to take. Don't take this job, don't don't get married to this person. Whatever he wants to speak, he does speak, and it's one of the <clears throat> best mechanisms that I love.
1: And we have to be believing it because it's true. God yeah. will guide us. Do you want me to go to Mexico right now and take a bunch of stuff as donations? You know, and all stay away from there. It's too dangerous. Whatever, you know, he's he's showing me. He has, you know, he'll show you. If it's not his will, he'll really show you. If it's his will, if it's okay, goes, well, it's your will. You're going to have fine. You're going to be fine. You can go.
0: You'll know. You'll have the peace You'll, of God.
1: Last night, I had a dream that I was in Hawaii, and I remember the waters of Hawaii in the air, and I'm thinking, oh, I love this place, and we were having a business seminar, and that was a dream that could come to happen. Uh, it was very nice, and we were constructing something and working with other people, so it was... Uh, along the lines of the activity that we're doing, God says, Well you're probably headed in the right direction and you're you know, you want wanna we wanna build a business and go into a different direction and God is is affirming that that we are. Okay. Amen. Okay. Um what else did I had? One more point I wanted mm-hmm. to say it's the Bethlehem star, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. haven't seen an attorney that mm. that that did research with NASA uh, software, they, they can go back and find out where all the stars were at the birth of Jesus. They just turned the clock back on the NASA. And by the way, they also are missing 23.20 something hours of the clock when they go back. You know, they, they couldn't find it. And the only place it says is on the Bible. I heard that from some other sources. But this guy went all the way back with NASA material and found out that... Uh, that some some planets have gotten together and it was glowing really good. Anyway, you have to see it. Yes, the stars were glowing really good. Yes, the one about Joshua when he commanded the the sun to stop still for a day so they can continue to to beat up the enemy. When Moses raised his hand and Aaron and so forth, and uh, and then the sun didn't go down. NASA has said, "Hey, wait a minute. We we, we keep losing time here. It just yeah. jumps." Yeah.
0: It's a great, I mean, if you can see it on YouTube. It's called the Bethlehem Star. And um, it's fascinating to watch, you know, uh, how God has put, you know, it's how the scripture says, the heavens declare the glory of God and how he has put, I mean, you can sit here and he takes you through step by step of what he researched out and found about the birth of Christ and it's it's we gotta go back and watch it now. If,
1: we should watch it. Watch we it should. Every we year, should, I'd right? like
0: to watch that again now that we're oh, talking we'll about it. Do that today. Yes, with popcorn and soda. What right.
1: well, should Sunday It's a good yes. day to do that. Amen. All right, <clears throat> let me go ahead and uh, wrap it up here. Thank you, everyone, for coming. We're going to read Proverbs uh, chapter one, verses one through six. Okay. And it says these. Oh wait a minute. Uh, I have Psalms. Psalms. I'll one. read the Proverbs. You go ahead and read the Psalms.
0: Okay. Psalms 1, 1 to 6. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked to stand around the sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They're like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place amongst the godly. For the Lord God watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction.
1: Amen. Amen. And the the Bible says here that Psalm 1 illustrates what a praying life looks like the psalm contrasts the life of the faithful to the life of the faithless a life of prayer to a life without prayer one of the things, <clears throat> beautiful 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 whatever we put our hands to will prosper in all we do claim that cuz that's true amen in proverbs chapter 1 these are the proverbs of Solomon David's son king of Israel their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline To help them understand the insights of the wise, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them to do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning of these proverbs and parables. The words of the wise and the riddles. Amen. Amen. Close it out. Uh, Close Lord. out uh, I forgot. I'm, we making, pray? I'm making coffee. Do Bye we- everyone. Hallelujah. <laughs>